When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Recording. All right, we go from left to right, Michael. Tom Bernard Show with the legendary... It's not going to talk. Mike Gelfand. You're not going to call yourself legendary? You don't want to be called legendary? Legendary? No, I said you're legendary. Well... Um, yeah, not necessarily in a good way, but sure. Okay, here we go. We'll Mike, this again. is just an introduction. Yeah. We Tom, don't need... <laughs> Tom Bernard Show with a massive pain in the ass. Mike Gelfand. There you go. Special guest. Here I am, Lisa Nigerian. And Katie Harms. Catherine Brandt. Andy You're not going hello, Tom. Cassie Schrader. And Tom Schreier is Thank here, too. You. I feel so sorry for you because you have to put up with Cy Amundsen on a daily basis. It's got to be almost impossible. He put up with Gelfand and Cy. What's wrong with Saintly, saintly. You could have stopped at Gelfand. Yeah, that's right. I could just stop at Gelfand. We'll be right back. Kick things off, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience, and working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. 
do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. What's better than that music? That's what I want to know. It's the best. We have a packed house today, which I, I tend to like a lot. As a matter of fact, I don't mind packed houses at all. I've never heard the last name Najarian before. Where's that come from? It's Armenian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how are all the boys, including your dad? Um, everybody's great. Dad is good. He's going to be 91 this year. Is he still cutting? Uh, no but he cut up until he was about 83 well, i remember that yeah he was still going strong he i was going strong. did a stringer report on his first i think it was a pediatric liver transplant mm-hmm. over at the university of minnesota the first all one all those years ago the mm. first one i he, think yep. he was the me or he yep. was the uh first guy father that gave her away at her wedding really, really? Was that? Her name oh. was jamie fisk. jamie fisk yeah yep she lives Wonderful. in boston uh-huh. Yeah, that was a Wait a uh, minute, a Fisk remarkable. that lives in Boston? Is she related to Carlton Fisk? <laughs> I don't know. She probably Carlton says Fisk. she does. Probably, yeah, he was a great a great baseball player with the Boston Red Sox, Carlton Fisk, a catcher. Remember, uh, you remember uh, well, the great teams of the 70s. And uh, so one day I'm, I'm uh, in Boston covering Twins game for the old Minneapolis Tribune and my my uh, sports editor, who was kind of a putz, he says, well, nice guy. He says, well, nice when, you, guy. when you go to Boston, I want you to, I want you to interview Jim Rice, right? Oh, God. Yeah, I, said, oh, God. I said, well, you know, it's really not going to happen. He said, no, no, I want you to try. Well, Jim Rice didn't speak to the media. There. He didn't no, speak to anyone. To anybody. And, you know, it's not easy to be a black player in Boston. Oh, no. No, it no, no. It never was. It never will be. And uh, so Jim Rice just, he just said, screw them all. And I don't blame him, actually. So, but I said, fine, I'll try. So uh, I go in there after the first game. I go up to Jim Rice. He's, uh, he's staring at a little mirror that he had affixed to the inside of his locker, right? Sure. He's very carefully combing his hair. Oh, of course. He, you know, so I say, uh, Jim, he doesn't look at me, of course, never looks at me, didn't have any idea who was talking to him. Wasn't even interested in glancing down. <laughs> well, after all, he had a really... You remember what a great hairdo he had. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that thing was a project. And it was beautiful. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was, it was a project. He's yeah. right. Yeah. So he's looking there, and he's very... He's got a few follicles left, and, you know, <laughs> he's, he's looking very carefully. Yes. And I And I come up to him, I said, Jim, he doesn't look at me, of course. He just kind of, like, goes, huh? I said, Jim, I, I'm just wondering if I could uh, ask you a few questions. Again, making total eye contact with the mirror. He says, <laughs> nope. Nope. I said, thanks, Jim. Thank you. That'll wrap it up. Yep, that's, that was it. That is he, a project hairdo. He did something I have never seen another human being do. He struck out. He did not break his bat. He struck out, but he snapped his bat over his knee. Yeah. Try that sometime. I think he was the first guy to do that. Try that sometime. You cannot I've do seen, it. And actually, I saw a lot of players try to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, when you think about that, when you oh. think about that this, is, this shows you that a lot of baseball players are not that bright. <laughs> I go from strong to not that bright. Oh, That's really that Minnesota nice. Twins One endorsement. But, but no, I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about Jim Rice. I'm saying, so you, you think that's a cool thing to do, right? Yeah. So you strike out and you say, this is what I'm going to do. 
this is why baseball players, they don't always think things through. Think about it in terms of risk-reward, right? <laughs> this would not be the time for you to experiment in I, front of 40,000 people right. and a few million watching. So I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> and, of course, they fail miserably. Yes. And they turn what was supposed to be an act of bravado into a shameful moment they will never live down. <laughs> big, big bruise Clearly. right above their yeah, knee. Right. Big bruise right there. Uh, it's wonderful to have you back in studio, Mike. It's been, uh, you know... Well, it all started, what, 32 years ago? Yeah, 32 years ago. And, Phenomenal. Uh, from my perspective, I, I, God, if the show was an afternoon show, I'd, you know, well, I'd Mike, still be on it. Mike. Well, there is that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the radio's turning toward talk a lot more. Boy, it sure uh, is. Don't I'm you think, you. don't you think, I don't want to get too inside baseball, but don't you think that basically AM radio is going to be... Uh, I mean, we know it can't last forever. It's going to dispatch cabs in about another month. What is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does it do about an eight share in this market? Not even. I don't. Not think. really. I mean, so look, when Joe Souchere and Pat Royce he can't draw an audience, right. AM has got big trouble. Yeah, like yeah. they're doing a one they're share. Fun. Yeah, they're phenomenal. So they're very good. And but but that's a good example, don't you think? That podcasting is kind of becoming the new AM radio. Yes, and someday it'll become the new FM radio. Right, eventually. It yeah. will. But at the end of my career. Of course. Well, yeah. there is that. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Ahead of your time, Tom. Ahead of your time. Okay, two things I must tell Lisa Najarian. Uh, Number one is your father is one of the few people on earth when I shake hands with, he dwarfs my hand. (laughs) And they're the softest. Yeah, he has very soft. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to bring that up, Lisa. It's okay. It's all that scrubbing for surgery. But I have big hands, but his hands are massive. Mm -hmm. He's a big guy. And last time I saw your father, it was at a benefit, some kind of, it was. uh, Uh, Was that Paul Olson's? Dr. Might have been, yeah. You might, it, it might have nephrology, been a kidney foundation, yeah. nephrology, yeah. So here comes your father. He goes, "Hey, Tom, how you doing?" I said, "Not bad, doctor. How are you?" And he goes, "I still you see you still have a face for radio." I'm oh. like, yeah, thanks, doc. Well, yeah. thanks that a lot. Like him. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and those those were the days too when you needed those big strong hands to be a surgeon. Today, I could be a surgeon. My hands are smaller than Donald Trump's. You just push yeah, the You know what the most interesting thing about that is? We've talked about that before, is with those big hands, but you think about the they're tiny little. He's working on pediatric oh, little yeah. tiny people. With big hands, with little tiny tools and the steadiness that he needed to have. Yeah. And I love the fact that you keep calling him your father because you really, truly, it's Lisa's father-in-law. Father-in-law, it's, yeah. But, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but he really He's is just dad. Like my you dad. call him dad. Yeah, you do call him. You always did, didn't you? I always have. Yeah, and I thought I, so. I'm tell you, can I tell you a little ironic story? Nope, you're out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my, well, yay, she's my, <laughs> sensitive. my real father, my real father had renal failure, and we oh, okay. were from California, right. and we were in the Bay Area when Pete's dad was at the University of San Francisco, and it was, you know, he's a pioneer in kidney transplantation, and so my father needed a kidney transplant, and he was called twice to get one, and he never wanted to get a transplant because he was afraid that they weren't going to work. And had he had the transplant, it would have been Pete's dad who would have done the transplant on my father. Right. So subsequently, my father passed away when I was 12. So when I met... Pete's dad, I took him on as my own father, yeah. and he's always been just so gracious and great. He's That's a wonderful man. How's Pete? That's awesome. He's great. I haven't talked to him in a while either. He's wonderful. He is. Um, he does a show on CNBC right. a couple I days a week. Him. I see him on there, yep. And he does 
stuff locally around here. And he has a, a wealth management fund out of Minneapolis and a couple of other things. He's busy, busy, busy. That's and, a he good does, thing. and he does the dishes. He does the dishes. Does the dishes, and he picks up the dog poop. Tell him to uh, come him. off a little dough and buy a dishwasher. Yeah, I, it just be an idea. He's a dream man. I think I'm attracted to him. Yeah. <laughs> He's dream exactly. Ken. He's dream Ken. So Ooh. now with all that, I want to talk about Lisa. Forget it. I yeah. want to. I'm okay. demanding out, equal time well, to talk than, about Lisa. It's I better than <laughs> talking about volleyball. Well, oh, be, come be, on. oh yeah. Oh, before right we talk, before we talk about what you're up to, though, we have to take the over and under on uh, over under. I don't know how to bet. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it's the over on, under. On what kind of symptomology you'll have in the next few days after we get done talking about? <laughs> oh. <it. laughs> There's nothing left. There's nothing left to do. Oh, I bet there might be a new one or two. Well, maybe vaginitis. That's probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. Mike, I don't have vaginitis. It could have happened to Steinmetz, though. I've got a vaginitis. Uh, Before Katie begins to talk, I will have, you know, I was sitting in the studio here by myself because I get here on time, unlike everybody else. Oh, on occasion. Uh, But in any case. Once again, we need a chart. Katie Harms comes walking in. She goes, why don't you like me? I said, what? She goes, why why don't you like me? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, you're always nice to me. That is a, that is nice a fatal some, sign. It is. If I'm nice to you, it yeah. means I don't I'm like really you. That's very true. You started out not nice to me, so I thought we were going well, get, and then yeah, all of a sudden. i got to get back to it. Okay, let's do your lame interview. There! <laughs> <laughs> do you feel better now? No, it's Lisa. It's, I'm one of those guys I grew up in North Minneapolis, and... No matter what you would say, some hey, good morning. Yeah, nice shirt. You know, it's just how they are. Also, a big family where you know, and a big, lot, huge lot of get along well and... with the Nigerians. Oh yeah, yeah, I family. do. And whenever They're I don't see like them that. very often, but but yeah, when I did see them, I, I I got along. I at least I think I got along well with them. So yeah, I I understand that absolutely. So Katie, arms. You know, I I'm gonna let Lisa tell you what she's doing, but I will tell you with a name like Nigerian, um, to kind of set yourself. Not even a part, but just to take that and use it for the benefit of other people and do what Lisa's done in a short amount of time has been pretty amazing to watch. So Lisa is the executive director and founder of the Twin City Lime Foundation and has been working tirelessly because 20 years ago, I was sick. You were very sick. You were? (laughs) And I'll let you take it from there. Did you have Lyme disease? I do. Well, somebody just texted me and said, you're a pill. Okay, thank you. (laughs) He was just showing me that he likes me. There you go. Yeah, you pill. It says, from Joe in Louisville, you pill. I thought that was from me. <laughs> yeah, it might have been from Kathy. My auto text to you um, must be off. So you had Lyme. You, once you have Lyme disease, do you always have Pretty Lyme much. disease? That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me just say very quickly, you're, I appreciate your introduction. Um, I, I, no matter what my last name is, I would have st- started this because I'm so passionate about it and I was so sick. And I am still not super great um so to your point to your question if you can catch it early enough if you have a target rash and you know you were bitten and you can get on antibiotics very quickly mm-hmm. it's a different story i went 16 years undiagnosed oh, you're oh. kidding so i will uh li- probably live with it until i die um unless they find a cure which would be wonderful um how many people does it affect uh there are over three hundred thousand. Cases diagnosed each year. Every year. Oh. However, 50% of the people who test, test negative. 
So you can imagine oh, how many people sucks. that is that False actually negative. do have Lyme disease. Now my Lyme son, my son has it. Really? Yeah, he's uh, he's a pas- passionate mushroomer. Hmm. There's really no oh, more yeah. efficient Foraging. way to get Lyme disease. <laughs> you got that <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, forests. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. not a great thing. Dicks love them. That's like a punchline to a joke. What? Or the beginning of a joke. Yeah. A Jew walks into the forest. Yeah. <laughs> and does he does he make a kvetch? I know. You, you always think desert. You always think desert. Always. It's always desert. Like never the forest. My, my whole paternal side was Jewish, so I feel like I'm in good company. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so, no better Jew than Mike. I'd no, like to no. I talk about observation. This is me. I, I know the name of three holidays just for starters. I like it. Every year. Remember every year in the show, someone would say, Well, why are you here today? You know, it's Russia Shunnan. I'd say it is. No one told me. <laughs> it should be on your Facebook calendar. Tom would know and I wouldn't. Yes, that's true. I still love Pat Miles' story about calling uh, CBS in New York. She wanted to talk to someone. And the person answered the phone said, well, he's not here today. It's Rush Hashanah. And the person said, well, listen, Rush. <laughs> she thought the guy's name was Rush Hashanah. Yes, that's my name. Where is Pat Miles these days? She was, I she was seen her in a while. their neighbors forever. Nigerians, Nigerians oh, yeah, yep, neighbors forever. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Pat in a while. I always got along. I, I love Pat You know, Miles. She, she moved into uh, my neighborhood. Many years ago. She did. And they had the, uh, you know, you saw the house I lived in. It was, sure. you know, it was a nice house. Fairly I saw the house. I carried the carpet up well, by you myself. Know, I knew we were going to go there. And the minute I said it, I thought, oh, God, here we go. Hey, yeah. Tom, can you come over to my house and help me with the carpet? Well, by helping with the carpet means I have to carry the whole damn roll up by myself. Oh, well, well, how was I going to lift 300 pounds of carpet? Well, that's absolutely right. There, there wasn't anyone in my neighborhood who could do it. No, that's very, that's very true. So, so Pat Miles, they get the biggest house in the neighborhood. You know the house, the house that like go by by the big uh, by France Field there, yep, the one that yep. goes around the corner, yes. the wraparound house. Mm-hmm. We always called huge house. And uh, so there she is. She's gardening in front of this massive house, and uh, and I come by and uh, I, I say hi to her. She didn't know me. I barely knew her, but anyway, I, I said, "Well, you know, it's great that you're in the neighborhood and all." And I didn't want to, you know, didn't want to keep her or anything. Sure. And so, uh, but I just wanted to make pleasant conversation. She said, "Yes." Uh, you know, she said, "We we uh, we really like it here." You know, we we really wanted to downsize. Oh God, oh, <laughs> Pat, don't say that. No, no, don't say that. It's not a good thing to say. You know, from eight thousand square feet to seven thousand is. Really a big, well, big she, step down. But Pillsbury, Pillsbury Mansion's only 32,000 square feet. You can buy that. That's right. It's for sale, right? million. They're going to they, tear it down. Yeah, they're ripping yeah. that down. Well, they're gonna, that's right. They're going to oh. tear it down. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a very quick break here, and then Lisa Nigerian's going to talk right. all about Lyme disease and what you can do. 16 years undiagnosed. That's terrible. Yeah, going on 20 years now. We will be back in two minutes. Lisa Nigerian with us. And what what the hell's her name? Oh, Katie Harms. <laughs> We'll be right I'm back. doing Tom so Bernard much better now. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He was here to talk about a great service at an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my buddy, my pal of mine, why do I need this and why is it cool? 
We developed the app to compete with the other payment applications across the country. We wanted something that was safe, secure, easy to use, and most of all, free. Say, for example, Alex needs some money and you want to send her some money, you can do it right away in the payment app and would get into her account without her having to go to the bank. Most convenient for the princess in your life. And the Prince Andy, too, because I wouldn't want the kids having to leave the house to get cash. I wouldn't want that. No, there'd be no sense in that. You'd have to buy the gas then, too. <laughs> Just nice. like at my house, Tommy. <laughs> They're going to love it. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, celebrating 20 years of providing a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Little Stevie Wonder for Lisa Nigerian. Lisa's here. New foundation to build awareness and aid in proper Lyme disease diagnosis in Minnesota. Is it is it close to proper now or we still got a ways to go? The diagnosis. We have a lot of we have a long way to go. We do still? We do. Um, the fact that there's no awareness out there. We're the second hot spot in the nation. That's what I heard. And we moved right. here a little over three and a half years ago, and people were still thinking that ticks fell from trees. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, there's a ton of different myths about it. And just to clarify for all of you, um, Lyme is pronounced Lyme, not with an Lines. S at the end. Right. It's not... Limes. A it lot comes of people from, say Lyme. It comes from Lyme, Connecticut. But in the Midwest, mm-hmm. everybody calls it Lyme. So I'm here to set you straight. <laughs> L-Y-M-E, Lyme. That's L-Y-M-E. It. So, um, yeah, there's a, uh, there's, a, there's a huge need for awareness. It's part of what our foundation does. The other part of our mission for our foundation is to help people. We help fund people who are in need to get them to a proper Lyme literate diagnosis, the Lyme literate practitioner, so they can get a proper diagnosis. So when I say Lyme literate, it means that these doctors are trained by ILADS, International Lyme and Associated Disease Society. Mm, okay. And they're more experienced. They've seen more patients that have Lyme disease. Not uh, when, I was, when I was saying earlier that 50% of the people test negative, um, it's because Lyme can lie dormant in your system. And so it skews your white blood cell count. So when you have a blood test, it can screw it up and it can test negative. Okay. So, and it can do that for years and years and years. It's one of the only diseases that can break the blood brain barrier. So it's, 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 it's very convoluted. It's a convoluted disease. So anyway, um, under a microscope, a cancer looks like cancer. Lyme can look like fibromyalgia, ALS, Parkinson's, 
multiple sclerosis, it can be, it can be, it's called the great imitator for a reason because it can trick you into thinking that it's something different. So it gets mixed, misdiagnosed all the time. It's the issue with the insurance companies as well. That's a whole nother story that I'm not even going to talk about. But just such an irritation um, altogether. If you go to your urgent care on the corner and you say, I was bitten by a tick, chances are they're going to give you a week, maybe two weeks of antibiotics, doxycycline. You really should be on antibiotics for at least a month. Oh. Um, So so our mission really is to get you to a proper Lyme literate practitioner to diagnose you. They don't even need to do a blood test. You can come in, tell them all your symptoms and go through your past history and if they put you on antibiotics and if you react a certain way that's a telltale if you do something called a herxheimer reaction which means when the antibiotics get into your system they kill off bacteria and they release toxins into your system and you get sicker and that's called a herxheimer reaction and if that happens then you probably have lyme disease if you take antibiotics and nothing happens then that tells how, you something. How do they know it's not a reaction to the antibiotics? Well, I think you have a different... Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but okay. I believe that you would have a different reaction to the antibiotics. The people that I know that can't take antibiotics have a completely different reaction. It's more of an allergic reaction okay. as opposed to the symptoms that you already have are exacerbated. You okay. know, and one of the things that I discovered because my son has Lyme is that probably there's a there's a better than 50-50 chance that when you go to a doctor they won't really know anything about Lyme disease mm. and that's that's educating doctors is probably more important at the moment than educating the people who have it there's a doctor up north uh Forest Lake-ish Dr. Mahoney I believe her name mm-hmm. is and Betty that- Mahoney that's that's right. You made um, that up, Pat Mahoney. No, really. Betty. Betty oh, Mahoney. I thought you said Patty Betty Mahoney. Betty Mahoney, originally from Roseville. So I went to see Patty Mahoney, <laughs> yes. and she Betty. knows all about Lyme disease. It's her mission to educate doctors. Mm. But as we all know, doctors can be very arrogant, and they think that they already no. know. Not Dana Harms. <laughs> they already know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So sorry, Katie. You want your doctor to be that? arrogant. You want an arrogant doctor. Do you want you want to your surgeon point. to be doc- sure. arrogant to a point? To, you want to, a, point. to be very, yeah. Yeah. a point. Yeah. Absolutely. To yeah. a point. And then yes. they can spend hours trying to kill you in the operating room. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to sue them. But that's, uh, that's another story. Well, the net, though, yeah. that's good. So, Tom, all this time I thought you were nuts. Every time a bug comes near you, you go on antibiotics for a month. No, so I'm, I'm not I'm a thinking big bug guy. I think you're right. There were no bugs in North Minneapolis when I grew up. I'm sorry, the bugs wouldn't come on the north side. <laughs> they were afraid. <laughs> they were afraid to come down there. Um, did they? Did they still think? I know that one time they thought that Lyme was connected to ALS somehow. Is there still some thought of that? Um, well, what Lyme does when it's in your system is uh, it depletes your immune system. So whatever yeah. you might have, something that is already lingering in your Ooh. system. My, so I don't know if you know or not, but my brother-in-law passed away from ALS. Oh, I didn't know that. So there's Pete, who's the youngest, Paul, two years older, Dave, two years older, and John, two years older. And Paul... Uh, the closest in age to Pete, passed away in 2014. I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear. I, no. I had no well, idea that happened. So part of, uh, part of what we were going through, or what, what he was going through, I should say, is they were trying to find out if he had Lyme disease. Mm, um, yeah, there that you was go. always a question mm-hmm. because the, 
the symptoms uh, resemble symptoms of ALS, like I said. Right, right. Like yeah. I said, yep. Yeah. So they're not necessarily connected per se, mm-hmm. but they do look alike. Also, we have another friend here in town who has something called Parkinsonism. So he shakes. He doesn't have Parkinson's. He has Lyme disease. Oh. And so they figured out that he has Lyme disease. We have other friends that have, uh, Chris Christopherson is a great example who they thought he had Alzheimer's for years and years and years. And then he went and tested for Lyme disease and tested positive. So they got him on antibiotics and now he can walk and talk and do what he was doing again. I mean, what? I mean he's older, he's 80, 80 something years old. So he's not, you know, what he was back in Starsborn years, but he sure. um, he never he didn't have Alzheimer's. He has Lyme disease. That's incredible. Uh, to I me. should tell the that listeners in this day and age that this goes on. It's awful. People who are not watching on YouTube, when Lisa was talking about, uh, you know, uh, this is happening, that's happening. As soon as she said, uh, and then when you're older, and she looks right at me. What's that all about? <laughs> well, when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw it. I, yeah, I, I did not know that. Uh, it's uh, not very, he was not very old. How old was he? He was uh, 50, was he 51, maybe 52? Mm-hmm. See, it's so weird for me that the Nigerian boys are in their 50s. Uh, <laughs> it's just weird. He's the youngest and he's 54. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, a sad loss. That was, I have uh, no doubt. At his funeral, there was, uh, I think we, we had seating for 150 or something, and there was standing room only. Katie had to stand. There was something like 300 people there. Very Katie, well-loved. Katie likes to stand anyway because she's taller yes. than most well, she men. She had to yes. stand because she didn't want to obstruct anyone's view. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, we'll go with that. And me and, We're talking height. We're talking height. Let me just say on behalf of my, of my brethren, we thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, we thank you. I appreciate that so much. I know I know, right? I'm feeling the love from you guys beyond belief. You know, Lisa and I met years ago. Beyond belief. In Hawaii. Oh, you did? Dana and I were Dana and I were on vacation and we happened to be there the same time the Nigerians. And we have the funniest Nigerian stories. The first time I met John, Big John, was when Dana was in medical school. He went back to medical school at thirty two years old. He was an engineer and went back. And and Mig Nigerian, John's wife, was in charge of the medical student partners group, of which I was one of. And they would have events. So she was really involved and invited us all out to their river place. And I was in charge of the game to get everyone mingling. And it was the game in which you put someone famous on a name tag and you put it on their back. And you have to go around to each other asking questions about to try to guess who you are Mm -hmm. and dr john is sitting inside watching football it's a saturday afternoon he's watching and he's he's not out and he's not mingling and you know me i'm like hi i'm katie come on you gotta come out and play and he's like dragging (laughs) dragging him out to play and i put a name on the back of his Back, Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> sure. back. Absolutely. And you cannot believe how many people didn't know who the hell Engelbert Humperdinck was. He goes, oh, people the composer don't know. or the fake one? They didn't know either one? <laughs> didn't know. The medical students, because Dana was much older uh-huh. as a student. You oh. know, the other the other spouses and all that were 22, 23, <laughs> were 31, you know. Didn't know. So we laughed about that. And he still, he would always laugh about me dragging him out to be social with the group. So 
That was a lot of fun. But anyway, back to Hawaii. We met in Hawaii vacationing. Her kids were very little. We just hit it off. We've kept in touch over the years, but when they came back to Minnesota, and we share the Lyme diagnosis, although I'm, I'm much better. I didn't have it nearly to what Lisa had it, but undiagnosed for many years. So there's been a lot of similarities. But I think to be able to pull together what you've done in the past year and put together a group of people that have worked tirelessly to tirelessly. do that is amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the, the people that are on our staff and board of directors, they warm my heart. They, um, they work as if I'm paying them a million dollars an hour. It's, it's amazing to see the support and the teamwork that everyone has, has put forth. We have a gala coming up. Uh, September 8th, um, and we've worked tirelessly for the past couple years on getting this together, and it's amazing what a group of passionate people can do, and I think that, it, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I think that they're passionate because they care for me so much, and I think that, and they see the days that I'm sick, and they see the days that it's hard for me to move, and they see that I sit at my computer all day long, it seems, and, and work endlessly trying to get things together, and um, they, they pull their weight. It's great. It is a wonderful thing. Well, see, it's great to bring attention to this. Oh, i got to tell you one Engelbert Humperdinck story before we move on. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> now, there was an, a c- classical composer named Engelbert Humperdinck. He was the original Engelbert Humperdinck. I then the sort I think... Engelbert Humperdinck's real name is like Tom Dorsey or George Dorsey or something, <laughs> something like, that. like that. Yeah, it's something like that. So when he would appear on stage, they would give him cue cards to read because he wasn't really good at schmoozing. That's or, a you shock. Know, uh, yeah, what a shock that is, right? So uh, Marianne Sullivan was at. Uh, I think she was in the orchestra when really? he was in. Yeah, she was playing in the orchestra wow. at the time. I love Marianne. Yeah. She's a wonderful person. I didn't but, know she was. I didn't oh, know. very talented. He was a very talented musician. Arnold George Dorsey. So Arnold George Dorsey. I was close. Yeah. I thought it was George Dorsey, but Arnold Dorsey. Pretty close. I just call him AD. But <laughs> so Marianne is in the orchestra behind Engelbert Humperdinck, and he's given a new cue card, and he, it's kind of like palms it, so you can't really see. It's kind of like this. You know, he's actually holding it in his palm, but you can't see it because he's just holding his hand up. And he goes. You know, I've, I've been asked by several audience members to reveal the fact that uh, you remember, of course, Magnum P.I., Tom Selleck. Oh, yes. You remember the story, don't <laughs> yes, you? Yes, now I do, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Tom Selleck's Magnum P.I. at the time, and he, but, you know, he's wearing the short shorts. Total babe. Total babe. Total no babe. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So over at Humper Hink says, a lot of people in the audience would like me to mention the fact that uh, I remind them of Magnumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Magnumpy. He said Magnumpy. Okay. Not Magnum P.I. Magnumpy. Magnumpy. Okay. Yeah. That's what you look like, Engelbert. No walking that one back. <laughs> no, you can't walk that one back. There's no doubt about it. How do people reach out to the new foundation uh, if they do, if they even suspect they have, if you suspect you have Lyme disease, you want to take care of it, right? We have an assessment on our Excellent. website, uh, TwinCitiesLyme.org. It's the best way to get a hold of us. We have an assessment on our website where you go through a series of, <clears throat> excuse me, personal questions and your symptoms. And we, uh, we, we review that assessment and then we connect you with a Lyme literate practitioner. We've got a couple practitioners that have partnered with us and, um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of people we already have. Last Friday we had already 18 people. Wonderful. So it's That's a matter um, it's really a matter of how many we can take financially. So if anybody's out there willing to uh, help support, that would be great too. You can go right to our website, to our donation page. We are desperately in need of financial support so that we can help these people. I have to ask you a question. This is totally off topic, and I'm, I'm not trying to take political sides on anything. No problem. But I have heard from, from some experts on this that one of the problems with Lyme disease is the ticks are really multiplying because we don't do controlled burns anymore. The controlled burns used to kill most of the ticks, but now they don't kill them at all anymore. Well, when I very first moved here, we, everybody in Connecticut, we came from Connecticut. We were oh, in did? Connecticut okay. for seven years. Um, I'm originally a California girl, then we lived in Illinois for 14, okay. then we were in Connecticut for seven and everyone out there you pull up on Google tick spray and everybody sprays and that's the way that yeah. that they're killing ticks currently on the East Coast so when I got here and then I was like I would didn't get diagnosed until I came here to Minnesota oh really and so I decided we were on 13 acres and I decided I really need to spray mm-hmm. and so you know it's uh it's a toss-up. You kill a lot of other things when you spray for ticks. Yeah, I know. So um, I put out tick tubes. Tick tubes are great because they Good. because the mice. Yep. The mice eat them, and the, that's that's one of the ticks' biggest hosts are the mice and the and the deer. I didn't know um, this, but I have a pet opossum that comes and looks in my door every they're morning. They're really great. <laughs> they eat them. Like hunt thousands yes, of them. Yes, yeah. they eat them. And they get them like on them, and then they just eat them off themselves. And, and they become immune to lime. Guinea hens are the other ones, and I would love to have a yeah. whole flock of them. Yeah. I'm afraid they're going to get eaten by the eagles. Anyway, to answer your question just real quick. Um, uh, the only, you know, they don't die in the snow either. No, the, the snow no, right. acts as a blanket. Yep. It has weird, amazing, gross things. It has I to be below 10 so. degrees for an extended <laughs> amount of time before they will die off. So I spray my yard. I know my neighbors probably are not super happy with me, some of them, but, you know, you got to choose. Well, they, the ticks right. go dormant. They can go dormant for years, right? Well, I've caught a ton of ticks and put them in a Ziploc baggie because we send them in to get tested. And I'll tell you what, there's days where I've just wanted to see how long they would last. I'll have them for months in that Ziploc baggie with nothing. And you, they just lie there like they're hibernating and you touch them and then all of a sudden they wake up. They're supernatural. I've gone dormant dormant for years, but that was depression. That was depression. A little different. We'll be right back in two minutes more right after this Tom Bernard show. John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because you know they've got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure they have internet order entry and real-time tracking you know i had priority courier experts account rep in here about a month ago and who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the twin cities largest most reliable on-call courier service what's that number because the next package is going with priority courier experts already dialing 651-748-4477 priority courier experts can we help you can you ever priority courier experts every time you call us we deliver Tony Price from the Gold Star Ride Foundation here. 
I wanted to share a story from the road. Since you already know about Gold Star families being those left behind when somebody's killed in the military, and you already know those people died for your freedom. So I woke up in a cheap motel somewhere in the mountains, and I shared stories with the manager. As I was leaving, a maid who had been listening, and her name is Shorty, ran out to ask me if she could donate. I said yes, and I tried to donate $30 with a credit card. It didn't work, and we made arrangements to meet at a coffee shop a block away after she went to an ATM. I got coffee and invited the people at the coffee shop to talk on our documentary, which they agreed to do. Then they made me pay for the coffee. It wasn't much, but still, when I turned around, there was the maid, Shorty, who handed me a $20 bill saying she couldn't donate 30 because she only had 20 Made me feel sorry for the young women in the coffee shop who couldn't come up with $4 for my coffee. Thank you, Shorty. Goldstarride.org You know, I'm so proud of Cassie. I thought she was going to play Put the Lime in the Coconut. (laughs) I swear to God, I thought thought you were going to, I was wondering if she could come up with a lime song. I know, it's kind of hard. Like, do they have a tick song? I mean, there's like tick, tick, Well, there was a movie. Wasn't there a movie about a tick? There yeah, was the a tick. comic book the tick. Yeah. Oh, the tick. Yeah, that just came out, actually. You know, right? you couldn't, it's a you Barry couldn't, Josephson. You couldn't call a band the it's Four the Tops tick. today. It would it's have a tick. sexual connotation. Oh. That's true. It's, uh, it's on only on Amazon. Four Bottoms, Four huh? Tops. Yeah, either way, you're, you're you screwed. Screw- I don't know if I'd want to be in the group called the Four Bottoms. Though. No, no, I don't I'm think so. probably good by that one. That, that works <laughs> just fine for me, but... I'm going to shoot out a little bit of a plug. So a friend of mine who is one of our guest speakers at our gala, Dana Parrish, P-A-R-I-S-H. She's a singer-songwriter. She has her own Pandora channel. She's written a song called I See You. Mm-hmm. Um, so for next commercial break, you might be able to pull it up. Um, it's What's a, her name? Dana Parrish, P-A-R-I-S-H. So this is a song about the intensive care unit? <laughs> I see uh, you. I see you. That's what he well, said. Been talking medicine. I just, uh, she is a, she's a uh, lime, right up. Lyme survivor, and she and my doctor, Dr. Stephen Phillips, are writing a book called The Lyme Book. So it's going to be a reference book to That's a help, thing. help yeah. you figure out all of what's going on with Lyme disease. So buy a, really a copy and idea. give it to your doctor, apparently. Maybe that would help. Oh, that's nice. Well, no, I'm saying if they don't know. That's not a bad idea, yeah. actually. No, like, no, I understand. I found Dana Parrish, but I don't see a song called "I See You." Hmm. Dana Parrish is—that's the hockey player. <laughs> well, he's a pretty good-looking, a pretty hockey player. No, it's a he's trick. a pretty hockey player. Um, you know, you're talking about you know intensive care unit ICU. I worked with a group called April Wine back when I was with Capitol Records. Oh God! I and you guys them. can remember them? Yeah, I do. I know remember, April Wine. Remember one of their hits they had? Uh, <sighs> The song was no. called If You See K. Oh, yeah. That was the <laughs> name of the If You See K, K A Y E. And they if, meant what you think they meant. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to do that on the radio, just, you know, If You See K. They'd be like, people would call in. They would, yeah. like, If You See K. Just say it very quickly because I think you're just, that's what you're doing. Hilarious, <laughs> darling. That all works out in the end. So reference book. So we actually have come a long way in maybe not curing Lyme, but a much better understanding of it, it seems to me. Yeah, it's been around since the 70s, so so we think. Uh Um, Again, I'm no doctor, and I'm not an expert at Lyme, uh, Lyme disease. 
the Bay Area Lyme Foundation, who we are close friends with, that is their mission is to find a cure. Mm-hmm. They, they raised, um, last year they raised over $800,000 at their gala. This year they raised about a million. And wow. it goes straight to research. They're very well connected to Stanford, Cal, Johns Hopkins, Duke, a bunch of different places. So that's their mission, and they are doing great work out there in the Bay Area. That's, that's a great so, thing. Good to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Our, actually, our little Jude has Lyme disease. Our little our dog. Our little puppy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ah. He got Lyme a long time ago. But he was nuts before that, so it didn't affect him. He was, He's out there. He is out there. Honest the to achy? God. You know what? He's, he's asymptomatic, but mm. he did have a tiny little episode this spring that was kind of scary. And they were like, we don't know if it's related, but we'll give him the antibiotics and blah, blah, blah. And he pulled through it just fine. But mm. I guess he can just all of a sudden get sick. Dogs are very resilient. And uh, it takes a lot sometimes for some of them to show their signs. Show their symptoms. Do they have any idea why Lyme all of a sudden appeared in the 70s? It was not around, but has it come and gone, do they think, or did it just appear? I mean, how did that happen? Well, if you talk to our good friend Jesse Ventura, he could tell you a different story. But that would be your good friend, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he is our good friend. Let me uh, just tell you something. Uh, <laughs> well, there was John a Bernard group sucks. of. There was a group Thanks, of. Thanks, And it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy to get me to move to Mexico and get off the grid. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we tease each other. I used to be a good friend. There were a group of moms. There were a group of moms in Lyme, Connecticut. And and their kids all had the same symptoms. And that's the gist of how they figured out that. Really? Mm -hmm. But what do you think caused it to all of a sudden... I mean, I again, you're not an expert. I, I've often thought about this. This is sort of a, almost a rhetorical question. I wonder what was put into Lyme, Connecticut, introduced, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like the aphids were introduced to take care of, you know, what what Lady was bugs, the yeah. unintended consequence to something that was introduced in Lyme, Connecticut, from, from back what, in the '70s. From what I've heard, the Lutherans brought them over here. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. The Lutherans. Yeah. Well, All I guess if if you could figure out where any disease starts. Yeah. I guess you, yeah, you're a zillionaire and that, a genius. Yeah, that's pretty much true. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it could be, it could have been anything. The frustrating. Do you know that story? I do not know that story. Plum Island. Oh. Plum I, Island. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do some research on that. Okay. On Plum Island. Yeah, and part of it is you don't want you know you don't want to give bad information or whatnot. No, but it is, exactly. It is a lot of researching and just kind of following your gut and. Being able, I think, in this path that Lisa's been on, that I was on to some extent, is truly just continuing to ask the questions and trusting your gut that something's actually going on that is not normal and finding the doctors that, although you want them to be arrogant, that are comfortable saying, you know what, I don't know, I don't know, but there's something going on. Let's see if we can send you here to look at this or here to look at that or here to look at this. And financially... This has crippled people. Crippled. Oh, I'm sure. Crippled. Ruined people financially trying to figure this out because insurance does not cover it. And for a time, doctors that were treating this were actually um, threatened to have their licenses pulled. Mm -hmm. What? Really? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now there's actually a moratorium on that. 
while they figure this out. But yes, um, there has been, I mean, the stories are frightening and amazing and they will continue to come out. But I remember sitting in the doctor's office, hearing, uh, talking to other people sitting there saying, yeah, I don't know where we're going to be able to come up with the next $200 to pay for this or to pay for that or to pay for the vitamins or to pay for this because... And I feel like I'm back at home in North Minneapolis. Yeah. Where are we going to get pill money? Yeah. Uh, yes, except, Mom. except nowadays it's like 60000 a year yeah. for a lot of things. Yeah, that's it very is. true. Well, it's insane. If you want a lot of good information, there's a documentary. I mentioned it to Lisa. I've watched it a couple times. It's called Under Our Skin. Mm-hmm. Get your tissues. And it talks yeah, about suppose, families yeah. that have gone through this and gone from oh, doctor man. to doctor. And it talks about how doctors have been threatened uh, to get their license pulled, and that, really, yes, they consider it malpractice for right. treating people with antibiotics. It's I know all, it, it it's becomes horrible. political. At, it becomes political at, the, at a at a certain level, mm-hmm. as everything does, and it becomes about the dollar at a certain level. Oh yeah, level. always, always went, about the money. Isn't I it? went for well, as I said, I went 16 years undiagnosed, and I went to every specialist for whatever my symptom was. So my first symptom, I have over 60 symptoms. So my first symptom was hearing loss in my left ear. So I go to an ENT. I'm thinking middle of July, 1999, I'm going to go to an ENT because I probably have some weirdo allergies, felt really full, have tinnitus. Next one was my heart. Have these palpitations, takes my breath away. I go to a cardiologist. I could name you, you know, all these different specialists that I went to. And can I tell you how many of them said to me, I really think that it's maybe just in your head. It's all in it's your head, Lisa. Which is standard disease. for people who have Lyme disease. We've heard it a thousand times. We think yeah. you're crazy. I think, yep. you're, I think I'm crazy. What's going on? Ah, you know, I don't know. I mean, just recently, not well, a couple of years ago, I had this new symptom with my heart where my heart would race to 200 beats per minute and took my took my breath away. My face was flushed. Didn't know what was going on. I go to my doctor. I do an EKG, an X-ray and a blood test. Healthy as a horse. Well, of course I am. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, Lisa. I think that you I think it's maybe just kind of in your head. Yeah, I've been told that, too, because I have Crohn's Ah. disease and Mm. it there's other symptoms besides just having digestive issues that follow along in that. And they're like, well, I mean, I remember going to the emergency room before I was even diagnosed and the doctor's like, well, do you drink a lot? I'm like, no, I don't liar, drink much. Did they ask, <laughs> did they ask you if you're an Ashkenazi Jew? Yeah, <laughs> Ashkenazi. Well, because that's the bane of the Ashkenazi mm-hmm. Jew is Crohn's and yeah. similar things. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say hypochondriasis. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I think I'm getting that. <laughs> I have hypochondriasis of the knee. Yes, I need, exactly. I need surgery. Yeah. Uh, you know, do they think there's a there's a genetic element in it? Because, you know, Tay-Sachs among the Jews, right. uh, sickle cell well, among African Americans. If, if, you, if you're a closely bred people, you're right, right. That's you're what I mean. You're going to have yeah. Well, it is. It is. No, it's, it's true. He's right. Sadly, yeah. it's true. Yeah. I mean, you're your own cousin <laughs> most why, of the time. That's why it's the Ashkenazi. It's not like every Jew, it's the Ashkenazi mm-hmm. Jews. Right, right. And I mean, I have all sorts of cousins and friends. And Didn't you have an uncle named Mister Mister? Mister, my, my, my uncle that that was my uh, he was my third cousin. Who's your third cousin? Mister Margulies, who's by the way you could Google him. Mister Mister, because he was he was you know he was married to Susie Berman, who right. was the crime boss. Right, and he uh, he was eventually died of a heroin overdose. Although I'm not totally convinced it was 
actually, and overdose. You mean that he did it? You're well, not convinced you're, that he did it? When you're, yeah. when you're gay and you're married to the daughter of a crime boss, Ooh, things could go yeah. south quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was a great... Think it through. When I knew him, when I knew things him as a kid, he was a great kid. I, I, yeah, you, I, I know you very, like him. Very talented, very smart kid. Yeah. And, uh, are you talking about yourself now? <laughs> well, maybe I see a little bit of him in me. <laughs> well, I'm glad Could to be hear true. that. Well, you know, his, his, and true. his dad was, you know, he was he was my third cousin once removed, and his dad, of course, wound up getting firebombed by the mafia. <laughs> you know, you and I got of a course. lot of commonalities in our background. I yeah. had three uncles murdered, so you know, it's yeah. great. No, Perfect. well, the, 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 the crime. Don't nod your head knowingly, Lisa. She's like. <laughs> I could believe that. <laughs> people well. kill someone in your family. Okay. Not, <laughs> not surprising. Actually, oh. Catherine went through that period, too. Her face was all flushed, but that was actually she found out we were really married. But anyway. <laughs> it was a real priest. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was a legal deal. Lisa, the most important thing that I want to talk about to kind of close this segment out is how can people help out? There are lots of people who would love to help out, whether... Can they make donations to a certain place? Can they get involved? You said you, you have a you have a gala coming up on the eighth of September. Is that right? I do, and we're actually almost sold out completely. See, that's wonderful. Which is which is wonderful. Um, but we're always looking for donations to help people. Excellent. And how do they do that? They can go right to our website, TwinCitiesLime.org, and go right to our donation page. You can donate uh, time. You can donate money, and you can also donate stock. That comes from my husband's side. Um, <laughs> put, that, put that on there. Actually, we've had two people that have donated stock and it's been very helpful. Um, but um, you can go on there to get help as well. To go on, and um, if you if you maybe are even just looking for a Lyme literate practitioner, we can try to help get you to somebody who can look at you. Maybe you have the, the, the means to be able to pay for yourself, which would be great. If you don't, then we can assess your, or review your assessment and see if we can get you to a Lyme literate practitioner. But Wonderful. So people can just, it's TwinCitiesLyme.org. That's correct. And I'll, I'll post the link to the website Good, and you. all that stuff so people can find it easy. Yeah, people who listen to the show tend to, tend to be very generous. It's really nice. So It would be lovely. There's It'll a lot of people lovely. out there. I'm 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 overwhelmed. As of Friday last week, I had 18 people, and I'm also trying to do this gala, and I don't have enough hands, and I don't have yeah. have enough time right this very second, and so I've got these people waiting, and I'd love to get them in to see somebody. And it's I was in that position. Mm -hmm. I started this foundation because. I don't want people to have to go undiagnosed and not know what is wrong with them. There's nothing worse than having something wrong with you and not knowing what it is. Right. So I really would like to get these people in, get them diagnosed properly, and get them some help. How about getting Mike Gelfand help for his <laughs> emotional problems? Well, that that would take more than uh, I'm a 18 good cook, people. Mike, come on over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on over and come have on. dinner with me, Mike. Exactly. I'm a good cook. Well, you know, you know the. Uh, I, I was mentioning this before we started, but you know my my friends call me pc and i like i always thought it was for for like you know politically correct politically correct but actually yeah. it's for uh pre-existing conditions <laughs> <laughs> i am a we walking bundle of pre-existing conditions you and andy have a lot in common yeah that, we right? do have yeah. a lot no in question common. about that you guys don't get together and talk anymore well we should yeah, you actually, yeah absolutely you should get together I mean, at midnight 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when you both just get up. Yeah. That'd be great. Fantastic. I do remember at little house gatherings, not really parties, but there were gatherings of people. I suppose there were parties, but it would be funny that Mike and Andy, our son, would stand there talking and everybody would just go right around them because they have no idea what the hell they were talking about. It's like, I have no idea what you mean by that. Who would have thought it? I know. Yeah, who would have thought it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Th- those are those are fantastic days, though. I do remember one time Alex tried to talk you into going swimming in our pool. I was like, don't even bring it up. To- He's not going in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. No, it's uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's just a... Uh, I feel like, you know, we've heard a lot about these days about the perjury trap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's the bacterial trap. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Uh.